From the Church of the Nazarene and Mesoamerica Genesis, you're listening to the Worthless Servants Podcast. and welcome back to the Worthless Servants Podcast. Oh man, so good to be with all of you. And we are ready to do something we have not ever done before. But first of all, I'm going to introduce the other servants that are with me. I'm Scott Armstrong and to my left, Natalie Franco. Hi guys. Across from me, Emily Armstrong. Hey everyone. To her right, AJ Fry. Hey guys. And to my right, Chelsea Fry. Fun facts with Chelsea. Fun fact. The unicorn is the national animal of Scotland. No. Are no you serious? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. This I... feels like snow. No, this is real. <laughs> this is real. <laughs> it's even got a picture of a unicorn. <laughs> it's from good... They found in the wild. Listen, listen. It's goodhousekeeping.com. Well, that's pretty good oh, wow. source. You, that's a great source. Yeah, yeah they know so unicorns. You're welcome. Uh, the fact that there's a picture on there makes me believe it's probably not well-sourced information. <laughs> we no. do know unicorns don't exist, right? Like, we're all on this same right. No, look, it's real. Again. <laughs> no, look, it's real. Look, it's that's real. They found one horn. in the forest. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to tell you, Chelsea. I think we've got some issues. Does with the this unicorn one. speak Scottish? No, it doesn't say that. It's, it's related to the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> yeah. It actually does say that the reason is because it's uh, it's considered purity and innocence in Celtic mythology. So oh. that's why. Oh, it's interesting. Nice. There you go. All of our friends. AJ, you've got work to do with your wife. I mean, <laughs> where do I start? <laughs> if you want to go right at Unicorn, head to Scotland. Scotland. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, this was a story that started out our episode in an amazing way. And episode 100, when we decided, when we were asking, what should we do? Like, what would we like to see in the future for the next 100 episodes? I don't know if you know what you're asking. Said that we could do live episodes. But mm. one thing that she said was that we could do story time episode. And I was like, what is that? And she's like, we just tell stories. And I was like, yes, that's kind of actually genius. And I don't have to plan very much. So I really like that. <laughs> nice. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah. so, so we are dedicating an entire episode. And if this goes well, we might dedicate more in the future to just telling stories. Now, I told our group, the parameters are not just random stories. They have to deal with ministry in some sort, uh, culture, missions, mess ups that we've had. And I think we're going to start like the first half where we're just kind of laughing at ourselves or, or sharing different things that have, have happened to us. And then maybe share a few stories at the end that kind of can show the power of God in the midst of crazy circumstances as well. So who wants to start? Who has the first story? Well, I can take that on. <laughs> um, so I haven't actually traveled a lot in missions work, but the one big trip that I took before actually moving to the mission field was to India. I was there for two months in the summer of my, after my junior year of college. And I am on a team of six and we're all college students and we have no like team leader. And this was my first time out of the US. So um, it was great. And we were living with uh, the local DS and his wife and his parents. And they would just like let us go places and stuff. It was great. And one day we were at their local church. Um, we were meeting with the teens and just hanging out. And there, 
it's in Calcutta, which is a massive city. And so um, the space between buildings is very small. And there's no, like, zoning or anything. So, like, you could have a church building right next to a fancy restaurant right next to an apartment building right next to a construction site. Like, everything is just meshed really close together. So all that to paint this picture. The church building was um, a lower basement like half level of an apartment building. And above the church building was an elderly lady that was not a believer, but saw these six white kids hanging out in the middle of this alley with all these Indian kids. And we were just like laughing and goofing off. English is not the main language of these teens. And so we're trying to like fuddle through language and all the things. And we're just laughing and making a big ruckus. Well, she comes out and she wants to serve us. Gift giving is a love language of a lot of Indian people. It's a part of their culture is to like bestow love through gifts. And so she walks out and she's like, trying to communicate with us that she wants to do something for us. Again, not English, so we have no clue what she's saying. <laughs> we can tell by her appearance, and we know the neighborhood that we're serving in is lower income. And so we don't want anything from her. Um, we don't know what she has in her own home, so like we didn't make a big deal of it. 20 minutes pass, and she comes out with this tray of glasses on it with a white drink inside, and so... The Indian kids, the ones that speak English, tell us she wants to give us a drink because it's her way of telling us that she is appreciative of us. So we're like, okay. Well, we all grab our glasses. There's only six, so like the other people don't get any, which already makes us feel very awkward. So we're sitting there with these cups. They are hot. It's a glass cup with hot liquid in it. And we have one boy on the team. The rest, the five of us are girls. And so he pulls the cup up to his nose and mouth to take a sip and gags <laughs> and like turns around really quickly so she can't see him. The way we're set up, like it's we're in a big jumble of people. And so it's fine. But he turns around and like motions to us like, don't drink it. <laughs> <laughs> and but what do you do? Right. Like it's offensive <laughs> to not drink it. And so we're like sitting there and we're like. Okay, what do we do? What do we do? Well, he was a champ because he could, like, get it down and not gag on himself. And we figure out a way to secretly pass all of our cups to him, and he gives us empty cups. So he drinks all six. He drinks six of these? Glasses. What is inside? We find out afterwards. She, like I said, was a low-income neighborhood, and so she didn't have a lot in her house. So she probably just grabbed everything in her cabinets that she had. We know that there was water in it. We kind of one of the Indian teens kind of asked her like, "What is this?" It was water, hot, hot water, um, because she wanted to sanitize it for us. Mm. <laughs> so it's Stoffle. hot water, spoiled milk, mm. but sanitized, curdled, <laughs> and salt and pepper. Ooh, salt and pepper. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and we think there must have been some Indian spice, like a curry or something that was curry. In, yes, <laughs> probably curry. Mm-hmm. It. <laughs> was so nasty. We all tried to take sips of it because we felt so bad for Ryan because he was like chugging them down. How did he end up? He was fine. 
We, we even yeah. the next day. Yeah, he didn't oh, get man. sick. Praise the Lord. We prayed over him. Like we literally <laughs> laid hands on him. And we were like, please, Lord, don't let him get sick. We're taking one for the team. Oh my! God. Oh, he he <laughs> took them all for the team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is Ryan now a missionary? I want to know. No, but he is serving in a missional capacity. Right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he has been back to India and he studied language a lot. So. I feel like he has a gift. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And a calling. Wow. Absolutely. <laughs> I actually would beg to say that if you are a male, you need to be willing to take one for the team because just listening to your story reminds me of when we first moved to Guatemala, every Saturday, the host family would make tamales. And that is a cultural food that they love in Guatemala. And it was like really special. And I hated it. Like Mm -hmm. I could not eat it. The texture Mm -hmm. of it was like terrible. Mm -hmm. I didn't like the flavor of it. And I remember we went to lunch with them or dinner with them every Saturday for about eight weeks. And I would eat like three bites of it. And then I would push it over to Scott as well as I could. And he wasn't like super fond of them, but he could eat it. And I finally got to the place of saying, Scott, I just can't eat these anymore. We have to tell this family that I cannot eat tamales anymore. I just, I know I'm a terrible missionary. I know I'm probably not going to make it ever in missions because I can't eat a tamale. But um, listening to your story, Chelsea, I eat tamales now. They're not my favorite, but um, I appreciate Scott sitting across the table from me that has eaten more than his fair share of not even weird food. A tamale is not even a weird food. So um, I'm sure that's a good tee up though, Scott, for you've got weird food stories. It is. I can go. Go into one of mine. Um, but I don't think we ever told them that you didn't like tamales. I think I just kept eating tamales. You kept eating them, but we told them that we weren't going to eat uh, dinner at their house on Saturdays anymore. And that's when we started going to McDonald's for <laughs> dinner on Saturday night. We were just like, well, we kind of want to get something else in town. And so we just started go- going to find our own dinner. That's on true. There Saturday. are different strategies. That's true. <laughs> um, and now I really like tamales. So anyway. You're welcome. Yeah. So my, yeah, you're welcome. It was forced down my throat. So yeah, I have a a quick story and it was when I was in Peru, a delicacy in Peru is guinea pig. You know what a guinea pig is, Natalie? You know, more or less? Cone, conejillo de India. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, but yeah. I don't know what when, when I share this stories and uh, with kids around, some kids in the United States actually have as a pet a guinea pig. So this mortifies them. I've always <laughs> wanted a guinea pig. As really, a pet. I specifically wanted to put it in the clear ball that runs around in your floor. Yes, yes. That's what I want. Well, that's <laughs> you know that's kind of what I was thinking when uh, obviously they said we're going to serve you this, and so it came out. We we're in a, a, a restaurant, kind of a a humble restaurant and they served this and it comes out and it, I know this is not a visual medium, but I I will describe it. It looks like the Guinea pig is, has been skydiving. And so (laughs) they, they break, they break the, the, the legs, the little legs and, uh, and it's spread out so that they can grill it. And of course it's mad, you know, and so it's looking and it's got the teeth just hanging out and it's just furious and it's looking at you. So the whole thing's right there. And then you just have to start just eating at it. So I'm eating at it. And then I realize we get done and I feel really proud of myself. And then other people were looking at me and they were like, no, you, you haven't eaten the whole thing. And it's because I had not eaten the head. Oh, no. 
And I was like, okay, so here we go. So, so I, I started to eat that, was able to get through part of that in the brain and everything. And then um, oh. at the very wow. end, I realized instead of toothpicks there, and I'm not even exaggerating, instead of toothpicks, they all would break off that little hand, the little arm, right? And they would use the claws to just <laughs> polish it. their teeth. I'm not even joking. <laughs> so literally, I felt like this little hand Amazing. was going up and down oh, as they were just polishing their teeth. And I was like, this Amazing. is the best story ever. Amazing. <laughs> that actually is wow. a, like a missionary tip. So for those of you that feel like you want to be a missionary, one thing that Scott has done really well our whole missionary career is he goes into something and says, I'm either going to really like a brand new food or I'm going to have a really great story to tell <laughs> afterwards, True. right? So he has a ton of stories of like ordering the most bizarre food that sometimes works out, but most time I would beg to say he just gets a really great story out of it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to continue along this food line here. I, I already shared in a previous episode way back in the day of my hot soup in Mexico. So I won't share that story again, but I go back and listen to that. Cause that's probably my number one story of like culture shock. Yes. Yes. Um, it was in the culture shock episode. Yes, that's right. But it is very interesting how like one of the first things, I don't know if this is like a American thing because Americans typically like food a lot, but Every culture has their own food, right? And so it's a very good metric for what the culture is, like a good starting point in culture. It's like try their food and get to know their food. What is their, what is their food all about? Also, when eating food, it's like a good time to get to know people. And so it's very cultural experience. And it's just very interesting to me because I've made the connection that like when I travel to someplace else to when I'm outside of my own culture or my uh, comfortable culture, I either really like a food or I really don't like the food. And here's a good example. I went to Jordan. This was probably in 2010 or something. I went to Jordan, not on a mission trip, but on a, a archaeological trip with my... Really? Yeah, with my university. I feel like this is not part of the story, but I, we need to dive into this later. But yeah, yeah it's it was it was a great trip. But Jordan is in the middle of the desert, right? So it is the desert. <laughs> so we were in the desert. We had to get up every morning at three a.m. so that we could get to the work site by five a.m. Because again, in the desert, it's really hot. So you want to start before the sun comes up. But then we would stop work at noon for lunch and that that'd be the end of our day was at noon. So it was great because we had the whole rest of the afternoon to swim or take a nap or whatever. But every day for lunch, they would serve us a buffet. So we could have as much as we want from whatever they served on this buffet. And a lot of it was Mediterranean food. And I'm, I'm not generally like a big fan of Mediterranean food. I learned to like it a little bit more. There was stuff on the buffet that I didn't like before I, went to Jordan. And so I had to try it because if there's a buffet, you got to try everything, right? Especially <laughs> new food. So I tried stuff, but the stuff I didn't like before, I really didn't like this time, partly because I was outside of my own culture. But one thing I really did like was the salmon. I didn't have, I didn't have salmon very often. And I probably wouldn't have said before this trip that I was a fan of salmon, but <laughs> Which sounds like it could be a really good t-shirt. I'm a fan of a salmon. fan of salmon. Or an indie group. <laughs> <laughs> indie yeah. rock band. Fan of salmon. 
That's good. It, when you go to a culture, you have to try the thing that they are good at. Mm-hmm. For example, the Dominicans are really good at arroz y habichuelas. Yes, that's rice and beans, okay? <laughs> and also mashed plantains. So you have to try the thing that they're good at. And here in the DR, rice and beans is unprecedented. Like it's better than anything. So good. If I make rice and beans in Kansas, in the United States, it is terrible <laughs> because it's not the it's not the food of Kansas. And no one know? in Kansas says they like rice and beans. Exactly. But there's right. a reason behind that. Yes. So we were in Jordan and they do fish really well. And so they had, it just blew my mind because salmon is usually an expensive dish at a restaurant, but they had buffet salmon. So you get all the salmon you wanted <laughs> and it Sign was so good. I can't tell you. It's the best salmon I've ever had in my life. I probably had three or four steaks every lunch Wow! because it was so good. That's awesome. Yeah. All that to say that if you go to another culture, try the food that they're really like, yes. like their staple food, because it's likely going to be really good. Unless you don't like to try new food, in which case you're probably not called to be a missionary. <laughs> um, <laughs> it threw it down. Might be true, though. I mean, there, there's, there's some truth to it, at yep. least. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's awesome. You're making me hungry, though, with this. <laughs> yes, I'm you're thinking welcome. of a buffet of the best salmon I've ever had. Oh, oh man. I love salmon. Go to Jordan. And if you're coming to the Dominican Republic, you need to try pastelón de plátano maduro. I don't know how to say that in English, but yes. you don't have to because <laughs> it's, sounds, it's called the Dominican Republic. It sounds better that way anyway. So, yes. Yeah. It's so good. So what's your story? Is it from India or even the United States? Yeah, or? it's from India. Okay. And I'm going deep. Like, you've been so good. And this is something, like, really, really challenged me and, like, really changed my perspective about the gospel, the mm-hmm. global um, view of the gospel. And... It was actually when I went to India, this Congress third wave, the reason why I went, um, opened up my eyes to another reality. I heard before about that, but somehow like I didn't take the time to like really sit and think about that. And it was about the countries with creative access. Mm-hmm. So like when I was in there and there were they were actually saying a lot about that and it was really interesting to to listen from them who are living it, like, you know, they are facing that day by day. And that was the point I was really, like, I sat and I was, like, wondering so many things. My mind was just full of thoughts, like a lot of things, like, how is it possible? Like, how do the missionaries spread the gospel in a country they cannot even talk about Jesus? Like, how? And even for the people, the native people who received the good news and they decided to to follow Jesus, to um, love him as their own savior. Like, how is it like for them to live in a country that they don't even allow you to talk or to live the the way to, you know, love others and serve others, but you have to follow the rules. So um, lots of questions I didn't answer, (laughs) but... I didn't know like that God was just taking that time to prepare me to face that. Just a few days after that, after the Congress, we had the opportunity to have a mission time in New Delhi. The Congress was in Hyderabad and we went to New Delhi. For me, it was only four days. I didn't even plan anything. I just joined. But like it was a time that really got used to um, confront mm, the way I was looking mm. everything. 
And during that time, we were serving with children. But we have this beautiful opportunity to join an NYI from New Delhi. So we actually had to create the program for that service. And um, we decided to have this moment uh, where we share with the Indians how was it like for us to get into their culture. And we wanted them to, uh, to talk, like, how is it like for them to being Christian in a country that doesn't allow to follow Jesus? And I remember this girl, 16-year-old by that time, really tiny, like me. <laughs> like, I saw her and I was just looking at me. And she was sharing how is it like for her. Like, their parents denied her. Like, she had to move at 16-year-old from her house because their parent didn't want to have her because she just believed in something different. She didn't want to practice Muslim, but she wanted to worship God. And like in that moment, like my heart was just full of lots of things, like a bunch of feelings. It was crazy. Um, a lot of things um, because I couldn't understand. For me, family is really important. And how is it possible a father denied, a father and mother denied their their daughter just because they don't believe in the same things and like in, even I, I was feeling angry because like we do have the freedom to spread the gospel to talk like about god and sometimes we are ashamed of the gospel and they will love to have that freedom and they cannot do that they cannot live the same way we we can live the gospel we can live this you know this relationship with god so i ended up crying, of course, <laughs> and also asking God to teach me to love that way, the same way this little girl was loving him at the point, like, like to love him, no matter if someone reject me or no matter if whatever other people say about me or no matter the circumstances or even if I miss everything, to keep loving him because he is everything I need. Mm. I don't need to have all the things, but if I have him, then I have everything. And that moment was like a moment I evaluated the way I was worshiping God. Am I, am I at this point, God, to love you at the point, like to doesn't even think about anything else but you and to love you at the point to even deny myself, even deny everything I know, all, all the things that are really important for me, it was really challenging for me. Well, and we've even seen your growth since that time. I would, is that two years ago, perhaps? Two years ago. Yeah, and I mean, you have told us and we've seen that the Natalie before that and the Natalie after has, has been quite different. Mm -hmm. uh, and your growth has been amazing. Your call, your willingness to serve the Lord, even in other countries. And uh, I praise the Lord for a 16-year-old girl that was willing to say, you know, this is what it cost me, but I would do it all again. And I think that's why it's so important. And we, we encourage people constantly to get in touch with other cultures, people from other language groups, people from other religions. And like I hear in your testimony, Natalie, it's, we've said before, it's interesting that Chelsea and Natalie and I have all had experiences in mission in India. That's 
completely crazy yeah, to crazy. me that three of us <laughs> have gone to India. But I remember my time in India was like my real first exposure to somebody that believed in a different world religion, that it wasn't Christianity, that it wasn't Catholicism. I know here in Latin America, it's like Catholicism and evangelicalism are so different. And it's like, well, we share the same Bible and the same Jesus Christ. And, and I literally was living in a house with two people that were there to serve us as the missionaries that were there in college, right? And uh, two ladies, and one was uh, the daughter-in-law. So there was an older lady and the daughter-in-law, and uh, they were practicing the religion of Hinduism. They were Hindus. And it was like the first time that I had had any type of relationship with anybody that was a religion outside of Christianity. And um, I remember when they came back after about 10 days, we had been there 10 days, and they came back and they had the bright red, what's called a bindi, that a lot of people think is just fashion, but it was super bright red that day. And they had had it on. And so we uh, asked them, why is it so bright red today? And she literally said, well, we went to the temple today and we venerated the God in the temple and we put on ashes that's red and we put it on the, the front of our forehead. And I remember it was like the first time that I'd had that type of cultural experience. But God, in those types of encounters, I can look back on them now and see how God created in me like this need and desire to understand somebody else's perspective of like what their understanding of God was. And and they were afraid that if they did not go to that place to worship that God that day, that there would be retribution and curses on them. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. And I did not offer them the gospel at that point in time. But I can see now where God use those types of experiences in my life to say, um, people are seeking me and they're seeking me in other religions and what we would consider false religions and uh, keep the door open to those people because they need to find me. And it's only because I spent time with somebody. I'm like, yeah, I love you guys. We've lived together for seven weeks now. And even though your religion's totally different, that is not something that scares me off. It's something that intrigues me. And uh, spending time with other cultures, that's something that, that to me, I can tell I was formed in as well. What you said about the fear is something that I have seen very up close. And it was actually here in the Dominican Republic. So sometimes I think we think of like mission stories that are like outside of even Latin America when we talk about these other world religions. But I think it creeps into what we call Christianity so easily. We were doing a medical clinic um, somewhere here in the DR, and this particular medical clinic, what we would do before the people would come in to receive like an evaluation of how they're doing health-wise, we had doctors and a physical therapist, we had a pharmacy and eye doctor, all the stuff. Uh, but first, we would put them in prayer. And so we sat them in a chair and we had a prayer team that would sit with them and ask them where they were with the Lord and what their relationship looked like. And we were in a Haitian bate in one of the communities on one of our districts. And we were noticing that almost every person that walked in, even if they would tell our prayer team, I'm a Christian, I attend a, a Christian church, they would have red bracelets on or red ankle bracelets on. Mm -hmm. And so finally one person, smart person on our, <laughs> on our prayer team asked them, what's the significance of this bracelet? And the woman explained, this is what protects me from the darkness. Mm -hmm. And wow. this lady had just finished telling her that she was a believer in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
And so our prayer team was like, you don't need that. You don't need that to be protected from darkness. Jesus does that. The blood of Christ does that. And so the prayer team said, your faith in Christ means you need to get rid of that. Like you need to, you need to trust Christ enough that you don't put your faith in a bracelet or the person that you paid for the bracelet. Cause that's re- really where it boiled down to is they bought that bracelet from someone who said they could protect her and they went to get the scissors and it would not cut that bracelet off. Mm-hmm. And wow. the girl was like, see, see, this is proof. And they prayed over the scissors. This is so, <laughs> but this is so incredible. It changed my perspective of of spiritual warfare. They prayed over the scissors that they would be covered in the blood of Christ and that mm-hmm. the blood of Christ would break the bonds of this, of this bracelet. And it cut right through it like butter. And um, the girl began to convulse. And I don't want to scare anyone, but so they started praying um, a demon out of her. Mm-hmm. And she went limp and um, they continued to pray for the, her and they continued to pray for her. And she, the whole reason she was at the medical clinic was because her arm was shriveled. So her hand would not open up. And um, they just prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And all of a sudden her eyes opened wide. And one of the women just said, in the name of Jesus, you get out of this woman. And her hand opened up and she said, Praise the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm. And her hand opened up. They cut that bracelet off of her. And the fear that she had, the, the testimony she had, had nothing to do with the demon. Mm-hmm. It said She said, I don't feel like I'm in fear. I don't feel afraid to go home tonight. I don't feel afraid of the darkness. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about like these missionary stories, like that's our world perspective should open up. When we're mm-hmm. talking about these other world religions, like, it's right here. Yeah. It's right in front of us. Mm. And it's even using the name of Christian. And I like how you even brought, literally we're talking about India. I think literally the opposite side of the world. Like if we were to say the <laughs> yeah, other side of the world. It's 12 and a half hours. Yeah. 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 And, um, but then you're also talking about the country where we all live, yeah. you know, and we can find it in any place. And not that this was a good idea. <laughs> This was a good idea. I told you. I mean, we're going to, I can't believe it. We're going to do this again because I think other, we all have some more uh, stories and this was, this was good. I think we were able to laugh. We were able to share like different stories, especially about food and things, but we were also able to end it up. And really that's what I wanted, you know, that we would be able to end it up and testify to the power of God in other cultures, in other nations, in contexts where maybe we don't know everything that's going on. We're not sure exactly what's happening, but we know God is in control. And um, so we'll leave you, you know, wanting more and uh, maybe in several more episodes, we'll do this again. But Emily, if they would like to uh, touch base with us, how can they do that? You can find us on Facebook at the Worthless Servants Podcast. You can also find us on MesoamericaGenesis.org. And if you feel like God's calling you to be a missionary and you want to know more information about how to start creating your own stories of mission, <laughs> uh, find us on MesoamericaGenesis.org. Use that contact link and uh, send us a message. We'd love to get you some information. Thank you. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Natalie, for pushing us towards this as well. <laughs> and uh, we are the Worthless Servants. I'm Scott Armstrong. I'm Natalie Franco. I'm AJ Fry. I'm Emily Armstrong. And I'm Chelsea Fry. And we'll talk with you next time.
For more information, visit us on Facebook or at MesoAmericaGenesis.org.